What's up, dirties? Welcome to another episode of the SBP. Ah, no ad. I'm not going to do it. I don't know what what to call it anymore, so I'm not going to give them the free advertising. Fuck them. I got dates, though. I got dates of doing uh, comedies. Yes, I do. I'm doing stuff. I got things a-brewing. All comedy. No uh, no music shows coming up for a bit. Um, Zed's got nothing booked, and uh, Hazards is still uh, recalibrating. So I got dates. Uh, comedy dates tomorrow. March 29th, I'll be doing comedy at the Neighborhood Sports Bar and Grill in Pleasanton, California. Next week, uh, April 6th, I will be doing comedy at my show. That's right, my show. The Boyles Bistro Blowout in downtown Hayward at the Bistro. Headlining this month, Jay Rich. Uh, April 7th, that's a Friday, I will be doing comedy at the Faction Brewery in Alameda. You can buy tickets to that somewhere. Look for Faction Brewery. Uh, Alameda Comedy Works. I'm sure there's something more legit that I could say there about it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> April 16th, I'll be doing comedy in the South Bay in San Jose at the Branham Lounge. Uh, I think I'm featuring for Pete Munoz. Uh, I will be doing a 420 comedy show at Liquid in San Jose. Guess what date that's on? It's on 420, you numb nuts. And um, and then on 421, April 21st, I'll be doing comedy at the Vikings Motorcycle Club in Hayward. The Vikings. Everybody gets scared when they got to do comedy in front of a motorcycle club. And as always, music heard here on... The SBP is not uh, not owned, copywritten, or licensed by me or the Sean Boyles podcast. So uh, don't get it in your mind that you think you're going to come after me because it ain't going to do you any good. All right? Don't come after you, dude. Be nice. Don't try to sue me. There's nothing to get anyway. Let's do a podcast. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life. Dirties, welcome to another episode of the SVP, episode 184. In your face, fool. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The other night I was woken. I was woken to the um to the pangs of lower intestinal uh, uh happenings. Uh, 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 a bubbling crude, as one might say. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. 
release needed to be done. I needed to release the brouhaha that was a, a, a festering in my bowels. I woke up in the middle of the night to take a shit. How weird is that? It's weird, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll wake up to pee once, at least once a night, sometimes twice. But this was full on, like, disturbance. There was a disturbance in the force. The way I needed to just unleash this foul. And uh, so I hugged the, you know, I, I fucking hugged the toilet with, with, with my ass. And I fucking let go and just... Just a, a powerful, a powerful, violent eruption. And, uh, you know, thankfully the debate, the, 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 the bidet just cleans you up nice. And I go to lay back down and I can't fall back to sleep. Such a powerful bowel movement. Then it kept me up. It was like, I don't know, it was like a little after four in the morning. And I never, I couldn't, I couldn't fall back to sleep. Before I know it, the sun's coming up. Before I know it, the alarm's going off. And I hadn't fall back to sleep. And ever since, I've been groggy as fuck. Dragging ass. Feeling the need to fall asleep at any time. Damn you, pooper. Anyway, uh, this episode of the podcast will be, uh, you know, your normal scenario. I got some things to talk about. You know, uh, not really much happened this week. I didn't do anything. I had no shows. I had no, uh, uh, had some rehearsals, but just nothing, nothing happening. Nothing going on. Uh, back to work. Back to work, though. That's nice. Um, as of Saturday, actually. I uh, did some work on Saturday, little half-day scenario, did another little half-day scenario on Sunday, and then had a had an afternoon, a, a rare Sunday late afternoon rehearsal with the Zed boys, and uh, we were chipping away at some new material. Um... Why didn't we do Wednesday? We were supposed to do Wednesday. Oh, we couldn't do Wednesday because those guys were like uh, Pete and uh, Pete and Greggy were, uh, I think, stuck uh, without power at their homes. So they didn't want to go anywhere, which is odd to me. Like, you have no power, so you can't leave the house? Like, Go, go to where there's power. Leave. Get out of there. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. We got no power here. We, we we can't make it. The fact that you don't have power at your house doesn't mean that you have to stay there. What if, what if something happens? Like what? The power comes back on? You have to be there for the power to come back on? How about leave and then you come back? Oh, shit, the power's back on. This is great. 
Why is the power being off an excuse to stay home? Seems a little, uh, a little flighty. I don't know. If the power was out and it, and, it, and, it, and it inhibited your ability to tell what time it was, you had no way of, of uh, uh, no concept of, of what hour of the day or night you were in. Maybe then I could say, oh, I understand, you know, you, you, you can't, uh, you can't make it. But, you know, cell phones are still working. They're still telling you what time it is and, and what's going on. You're not, uh, you're not snowed in. The streets aren't flooded. Maybe there was a downed tree somewhere. I don't know. But to say you don't have power, unless you don't have power because the fucking thing fell, the tree fell and took out the power to your house. And maybe there's a live wire out there flipping around and zip zapping. Maybe then, hey, you know, you got to be careful. You can't get out of the driveway because there's a, down power line in the driveway that maybe i'd say okay yeah okay but don't tell me you don't have power and that's why you can't come come to come to rehearsal <laughs> i um uh, speaking of down trees um last summer we had a tree the neighbor behind us here uh on the property of where the underbelly lies my dwelling underneath the house um, uh, the, 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 the people that live behind us, uh, had a tree in their backyard and it decided to come crashing down. It took out a good chunk of the fence and fell across the corner of our backyard and then fell into the neighbor next to us and fell into their yard. So, uh, uh lots of, uh, lots of carnage was created by the one tree falling. Um, they got it all out of there, trimmed it all back, cut it all down, whatever. Uh, there is another tree. And a big chunk of that tree came down uh, clean, falling into our yard. But as it came down, it clipped um, a tree that we have here and took out a significant amount of branches out of uh, out of this tree here. Uh, also, when the when the first tree fell, it took out the whole backside of this tree, and um, it's kind of uh... now. If I was if I was a superstitious type person and one that looked for signs and saw that uh, things were uh, uh, things were telling me something in the uh, in the ether uh, of, of of significance to what I have going on in my life. This tree in our yard here in the backyard is the tree that me and and the wife got married under. And it was a beautiful coincidence that the tree was absolute in full, full bloom. The tree was completely white uh, with like, you know, cherry blossom style flowers. And, uh, and it was just fucking gorgeous. It was beautiful. And at first sign of us starting to have some issues is when the tree in the neighbor's yard fell, 
taking out a good chunk of the backside of the tree we got married under. And now that we have decided to split, another big chunk of this tree has been taken out. It's kind of kind of a weird coincidence. Like I said, if I was a type to be like, you know, looking for signs of shit, I'd say that our uh, our divorce is destroying this tree. <laughs> I don't know what happened first. If the tree, you know, I don't remember. At least this is we've split and then we've split. So we've 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 split and then the second part of this thing has been taken out. Anyway, this poor tree is getting the shit kicked out of it. Ah, I um, but I think I'm getting. I don't know. Part of me feels like I'm getting over the hump of uh, of this thing, and now. I say that and I almost say I I feel bad saying it because I think it's too early. Like I shouldn't be feeling okay about things and I shouldn't be feeling ready to move on and 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 see what's out there as far as uh you know as you know I you know Asking for dates or, uh, you know, talking to women or, or, or whatever. Like, I, it's too soon on paper. As far as, as far as I'm looking at the calendar, you know, it's only been, I don't know, two months. But I think, be it that, I just, like, how soon is too soon? Like, what makes it so that it's inappropriate for me to start, you know, sniffing around? <laughs> um, at a, you know, it, 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 what's a respectable time? You know what I mean? Should it just be solely based on how I feel about the situation? Or is there an actual unit increment that is acceptable? And I say this because, like, you know, I don't I don't know first of all. I don't know if there is a something that's where everyone would agree, okay, this is the the right amount of time, you know. Because I knew a dude, I knew a guy a couple of years ago. Uh he lost his wife. His wife um, you know, he loses his wife. Trat, she had a um uh, I probably shouldn't say how she died. That might give it away who it is. Not that anybody that knows that guy is listening to this anyway. Um, she had a fucking brain aneurysm or, you know, whatever. Just some fucking freak thing. And, and you know, she was done. She was in the garden. And he finds her body when he gets home from work. It's terrible, sad, super tragic. Uh, they were a very happy couple. Uh, he's devastated. I see dude about a month later at a bar with another woman. Is that too soon? A month after losing your wife to death? That's a rough one. That's a rough one. 
Um, I have sort of had maybe about, well, it was a year of it not feeling right. And then in the last four months or so, definitely signs were pointing towards this is probably the end. Um, so when you start feeling those feelings, you kind of start recalibrating how you're feeling about stuff and how you're feeling about the relationship, how you're feeling about your marriage. Like you, if you, if you know it's headed for an end and maybe you haven't actually discussed its proper end, you still know it's coming and you start to, um, I don't know, you start to reel those feelings in, right? You start to put up some boundaries. You start to think a little bit differently about your partner. You start to, you know, I don't know. I I just, I have a very unique situation here because we are getting out of this before it gets ugly because we see the writing on the wall. We see that it's going to, that it could get, gross and resentful and animosities getting thrown around we can see it we can feel it that it might happen so we're nipping it in the bud now and because of that we don't have the typical mudslinging that most married couples like what you hear about I have a friend that is very quick to try to get me on the side of throwing barbs and throw like in mudsling, you know, like he just says wild shit like, you know, obviously she's doing something behind your back if she's making this decision to leave. I'm like, well, it's not her making decisions solely it's we've talked about it and decided together that this was the decision that we were going to make nah she's up to something I'm like are you telling me this because you know i do i've seen i've seen it before i've seen it all you know that this is how it goes this you know this isn't ending for no reason at all i go no it's not ending for no reason at all it's ending for a very specific reason it's not ending for the reason that you want it to end or the reason that makes sense to you so you could be angry about it. Dude, there's something going on, dude. There's definitely something going on. You, you, you're, you're not getting told the whole thing, dude. You're, you're getting fucked. I mean, I'm not getting fucked because there's nothing to get fucked about. I'm not getting taken for. I ain't got nothing. Half a zero is still zero. You know? We're not even going to do lawyers. She can't come after me for anything. We're not doing lawyers to go after anybody. And you can't go after somebody if they ain't got nothing to go after. But I've had, you know, a couple of friends kind of go down that road of, you know, just fucking white knuckled mad and I should be pissed and 
you know, fuck that bitch kind of bullshit. And I'm like, nah, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. That's not what this is about. This is about an incompatibility in a very specific area that is that can be and has been problematic. And it's just, maybe it's because, you know, maybe because I only spent, you know, eight weeks before I decided, you know, I only spent eight weeks with her. In all honesty. It was only eight weeks of us being together you know, side by side, you know, two weeks she came to visit me and she came again for another two weeks. I went to Japan for two weeks and then I went to Japan again for 10 days. So not even a full eight weeks, you know, and, 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 and we're together like 24 seven during these times. Although one time she did come to visit for two weeks and I did, uh, um, I did have some work I needed to do. So there was a couple of days where I actually had to go to work. So she just hung out here. But for the most part, you know, together for eight weeks, shy of eight weeks, 24 hours a day. And lots of physical activities in those times. And that's what sparked it all, and that's kind of you know how how it went. And when we made the decision to to get married, you know, and and then get her here, that was what we did, and we were happy, and it was great, and everything you know was good. But then this issue comes up, you know, and it can't be fixed. So, so you're going to be mad? I should be mad about it? I would be. I'd be pissed. Why? Got, I got fucked. But I'm not getting fucked. It's just not working. You know? I mean, I, to dumb it down, to super dumb it down... Square peg, round hole. I know that's euphemistically could be ish, ish, problematic, and that's not necessarily. Now, maybe I need, need to come up with another one. <laughs> I wasn't trying to uh, have the euphemism there. Anyway, fuck it, fuck it. I just don't let your anger about. Maybe you got fucked in the past and you believe that's the only way the shit can go down and the only way things could end is if you're fucking mad and you throw things and call each other cunts and and be shitty to each other, you know. We don't want that. We don't want to be shitty to each other. We still love each other, but we're not in love. So we're going to be friends and that's fine. 
and you know we can still support each other if we if we need to if the if one needs that from the other why does it have to be shitty i know and this is a super it's rare right you don't hear about this i know this is weird and the thing that's fucked up about it is I can't pull out any fucking haymaker jokes out of this fucking thing. Because it's going so smoothly and there's no ugliness, there's no way to fucking make it funny. I'm having a hard time trying to look at this situation and find some jokes. Whereas other people have had a hoot and a holler talking shit about their ex. I got nothing bad to say. If anything, there's fucking shit that I've done that is, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, fucking fat piece of shit. How, how could she want? How could she want to stay married to some guy that's got tits bigger than hers? You know what I mean? Like, you know, she's a Japanese woman. My fucking tits are as big, if not bigger. Anyway, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's just it, it astonishes me the um how people need to have it a certain way in order for them to um for for it to make sense for them, you know? I don't get it. Um all right, let's talk about something else. Uh I saw this the other day. I saw a uh I was driving and um I saw a company vehicle and it had a wrap on it, right? So it had a wrap and so it was a very involved design on this wrap to uh, advertise for this company. It was a termite outfit, okay? And they were called Pacific Coast Termite Company. And they had, you know, Pacific Coast. So they had their logo, said Pacific Coast, and had a little palm tree in the middle of the logo, right? But in the wrap and on certain panels of the vehicle was the American flag. I don't have a problem with Pacific Coast. I don't have a problem with palm tree. I don't got a problem with the American flag. But palm trees and American flag together? It looked weird. It looked weird. It looked gaudy. It looked just tacky and out of place. When I think of Pacific Coast, I don't think fucking rah-rah American flag. You know? Even though, you know, there's... It isn't like surfing's not, I mean, I I don't know. I don't, I don't have a nationality put on surfing or, or the Pacific coast, you know, I don't, it's, I guess Pacific, I mean, Pacific coast could be from up in Canada all the way down. Right. I don't know. I just, I thought it weird Pacific coast termite company and then the American flag running all the way through it. It just seemed odd to me. It just seemed very odd. Um, I thought there was more to it than that. <laughs> I wrote it in the notes. Um, 
Here's another thing in the notes. And I don't get this. I don't know why this is. People are having a a, a good. People are having a good time wondering about what this is and and, and what's going on with it. Um, the, The chat GPT. I have not delved into it. I don't I don't care. And the main reason why I don't care is because I know it's fake. Like the the AI shit does not bother me whatsoever because I know it's not real. But it's getting so real, dude. How are you going to know the difference? Because you're telling me it's fucking AI. Oh, listen to this, dude. Listen to how real this is. It's not real. Why, Why are you getting so hung up on the fact that it sounds really close to being real and you know it's not and you're getting worried about how real it is but it's not real you're supposed to be able to ask the chat gpt questions and it'll answer your questions about certain things but it but it but it doesn't it makes up its own shit it's not real it's not real. It's not real. Stop it. Stop getting so freaked out about this fucking AI shit. It's not real. I don't understand how people are freaked out about the idea that these that these things are going to take over. How? How will they? How could they take over? Please explain to me. Because I don't understand even the concept of something that's not real. That's just generating. Just fucking. Just vomiting words together that make sense in some sort of way. And, and and having people think that it's information. Stop it. It's fucking not real. It's like watching a movie. You know the movie's not real. It's a movie. You're getting hung up on the wrong details completely. Apparently, um... Well, there's a there's a podcast called Dudesy, and Dudesy is a a podcast that has been programmed uh, by AI, and it's uh, Will Sasso and this other guy, and I always forget the other guy's name. And I've mentioned the podcast before. It's an interesting podcast, and 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 the AI Dudesy uh, will pipe in and tell them what you know he wants them to do, and they do it. And apparently the AI has access to all their emails and uh, social medias and uh, Amazon purchasing histories and all kinds of shit like that. And that's how it's gathered all the information. And sometimes it says, hey, Will, I'm going to I want you to I want you to read out of your diary. From when you were a kid, you know, here's here, you know. Here's your diary, and then hands him his. Will said, "I never wrote a diary." He says, "The AI is making this shit up, and it's funny 
There's some wild shit that it's put together. Uh, apparently, this dudesy AI has uh, come, and I don't know if the dudesy AI came up with it or if it's actually something that's out there. Maybe it's something that's out there, and it's something that the the, the chat uh, GPT came up with. Uh, Tom Brady apparently has an hour stand-up special. It's all AI. It's not Tom Brady. It's all AI, and it's jokes, and they played a snippet of it. And it was, you know, it wasn't stand-up. There was there was jokes. The rhythm is terrible. There's no no form, no correct way of of, of talking. It was just kind of the, the the rhythm in which you would tell a joke. Uh, the AI hasn't learned that yet, apparently. But it's Tom Brady talking to, talking about shit that's Tom Brady life, and there was some jokes. You know, I wouldn't say that's going to take over. It's not real. I just don't see. I don't understand the panic. I don't understand the uh, fear. I don't understand how anybody could think that that shit's taken over as real as it can get and, and potentially fool you. And that's I guess that's the fear, right? That this shit falls into the hands of of evildoers. They're going to want to scam you out of shit. But if something's too good to be true, it's probably fake, right? If I get a phone call from Barack Obama and he's telling me all these kinds of things that are going to help me out and things that I kind of want to hear, because somebody programs some AI to try to trick me. I'm not going to believe it because there's no way in fuck for no reason that Obama is going to be calling me. He's not going to call me for any reason at all. This is not going to happen. And, and I'm just, you know pulling an example out of the fucking hat you know what I mean I don't just don't see I just don't I just don't see it I don't see how this panic about the AI can um, get in so many people's crawl you know just seems seems a little odd to me and seems silly alright what happened here I can't um, what happened Oh, that's weird. Where happened to my notes? My notes just got erased, ladies and gentlemen. Somehow, some way. It won't let me scroll down past a certain... Why are you doing that? This is weird. You got mad at me for the AI, maybe. <laughs> the AI on my phone is fucking me. Heard me talking shit and decided to uh, try to make it impossible for me to look at my shit. There we go. Just got stuck. See, fuck you. Fuck you and your AI.
Um, all right, let's um, let's do let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dirties of all ages. Did you hear that? Did you hear the mic stand go? That's the high level production we got going on here at the SBP. Um, <laughs> um, every week I try to react to a song on the top of the pop charts, the Billboard Hot 100, be it that I am a uh, a, a big fan of the heavier stuff, the heavy metal and the like. Um, pop chart songs are uh, usually not my jam. Uh, but this week we're going to do a little something different. I was um, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Justin Rogers. Um, uh, if that name sounds familiar and you're uh, uh, been a loyal listener of the podcast, you would know that Justin Rogers is uh, the fella whose mother I painted her cabinets up at her place in Happy Valley Lake. The trip I made out of town uh, about a month ago, and I almost got stuck up there because of the snow. And I had a lovely drive home with a beautiful scenery. And uh, this is, this is, uh, so Justin Rogers, uh, in a text conversation, asked me if I had heard the new T Pain covers record. And I said, I did not hear the T-Pain covers record. What T-Pain covers record? And I saw the little, um, you know, when you're texting and you see the little, the little three little dots that are bouncing up and down. There's a name for those that I just recently learned that there's a name for those little, the little animation of where it looks like the other person's typing. I said, before you tell me about it, don't. Let me listen to it without any influence. And but he responded with maybe you should do it for a reaction of the week. Oh my god, that's what we're going to do. So uh, as suggested by my dude Justin, uh we are going to check out the some selections from the T-Pain cover album. All right, this album is called, uh, <laughs> the album's called On Top of the Covers. On Top of the Covers. That's funny. I don't give a shit what you say. That's fucking funny. It's a covers record. He's doing covers. Bunch of cover tunes. T-Pain. T-Pain's famous for the vocoder. Producing records. And heavy vocoder vocal. Uh, so it's uh, going to be very interesting to hear um, hear how he's doing these songs. Uh, didn't he, wasn't he on The Masked Singer recently? Do I have that correct? Is that something that's real? Is that a real thing? Did that really happen? Or am I... Um, or is this some sort of Mandela effect? Uh, all right. Well, I'm looking at these song titles. Song titles I recognize. 
A change is going to come. Don't stop believing. The Journey Classic. Um, I don't know what that song is. Sharing. What is this one? Sharing the Night. Um, what is this? Oh, Sharing the Night Together. Sharing the Night Together. I don't know who that is. Or who. Uh, Scrangs in K Major Sus. I don't know what that is. Um, stay with me. I don't know what that is either. Tennessee whiskey. We know Tennessee whiskey recently made extremely popular. Um, uh, Chris Stapleton's version of the song. Although I knew the song before that because uh, David Allen Coe has a very great version of that, which is a version I like a little bit better. Um, but uh, Chris Stapleton did a very soulful um, rendition of the song. Uh, and uh, the uh, what is that? Uh, uh, is that uh, Frank's? Uh, that's life. That's life. It's what all the people say. That's um, is that a Frank Sinatra tune? David Lee Roth did a cover of that song. Um, and then um, he does a cover of War Pigs, the Black Sabbath classic. So let's check out a couple of these. We won't we won't check out a ton of them. We'll we'll check out. So uh, first song on the record, "A Change Is Gonna Come." That's a um, that's a, uh, a gospel tune, is it not? I don't know. Let's see what T Pain's doing over here. Oh shit, dude! He just did a run at the top. God damn, are you kidding me? little vocoder in there wasn't there some of that some of those harmonies are done with the vocoder shit yo he's singing that shit jack shit on this ladies and gentlemen I can't uh, I can't completely shit on this he's actually singing alright let's um, let's see about another tune let's see uh, what's he do with the journey song let's see don't stop believing that sounds like that sounds like it right Little opening up, yeah. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Took the midnight train going anywhere. So there is a little affected on the voice. 
Now you can hear when he's when he's holding a note, you can hear some modulation in it, and that modulation is the vocoder. I'm I'm almost almost sure. There ain't no way they can get somebody to play that guitar part right, right? Wow, he's got those vocals layered big time. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's making me laugh. It's like... It's so many layers of vocals, but at the core of it is him really fucking singing, yo. Like, he's really singing this shit, you know what I mean? Um... <laughs> All right, uh, Tennessee Whiskey, do we want to hear what he did with that? I guess he's doing the uh, Stapleton arrangement. Between his vi- his natural vibrato and the mod in the modulation of the vocoder, which is just a hint of it on there, but most most of the pitch modulation you're hearing is him singing. I mean, he's doing, he's doing the Stapleton runs and everything. Like he's like, he's he, you know, Stapleton did a original arrangement of that song, because that song, the arrangement of that song was completely different, and uh, Stapleton took some liberties. And so, the cover of this that T Pain's doing is Stapleton's version 
of the song as far as the arrangement, especially the uh, the vocal uh, the vocal melody. But cool nonetheless. I mean, fuck, man. I'm very impressed with him actually singing, even though it's still affected pretty heavy. This is just fun, right? Because it's an old-timey Sinatra's. The drum machine is atrocious. Oh, he kind of... You've, uh... You screwed the pooch on that one, T-Pain. Uh, that drum machine feel is fucking terrible. You can't have a drum machine feel. You, you, you needed to change the swing on that drum machine so that fucking swing was right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Last but not least, um, the Black Sabbath classic, War Pigs. Let's see how he pulled this off. I'm very curious about this. Sound like he's taking it to church, son. Taking it to church. Praise Jesus. Lord save you Can you feel the power Of the almighty Running through your veins Giving you salvation See the promised land The kick drums are clipping What the fuck? Generals gathered in their masses. Just like witches said, black masses. Evil minds that plan destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. And the fields, the bodies burning. Yeah, he's taking it to church, all right. Uh, he's a he's a he's a producer, right? He's a. I wonder who's playing guitar on that. Um, man, the kick drum is really bothering me. Maybe it's just the way it's coming through my little system here, but it's the kick drum seems distorted. Now, as a record producer, 
you should be able to produce records that you should be able to record live drums. And if you had a real cat playing that, you recorded some terrible live drums. I'm sorry, T-Pain. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did a fucking practically a gospel version of that song that's talking about fucking nuclear war and shit. <laughs> um, I mean, dude could sing a lot better than I think we gave him credit for because he always did the vocoder thing. And I know that was his shit for a long time, and that's how what fucking made him famous. And that's what we know him for was for the affected vocal. During the time when vocoder was hot, hot, hot shit. He was the fucking dude, right? He was like the fucking one. Like, his name is synonymous with the vocoder, correct? Um, So I would say this record is probably a way for him to show that he doesn't need the vocoder in order to do vocals. Although a lot of these vocals are heavily affected with a lot of other stuff, even still seems like a hint of vocoder because there's still some there's some warbles in the in the when he's carrying the note out long. There's these these little warbles which seem to make you think that there's still a little something on there. Uh, but at least it sounds for the most part that he is actually singing some of this. Uh, and like I said, I would, I would believe in, and if he was on the mass singer, that was probably another way for him to, uh, dispel the myths that he can't sing unless he uses these tools that have fixed, fixed many of a vocal performance on a recording. But uh, good on you, T-Pain. At least you're uh, doing something a little different. Uh, I don't hate it. Um, but, you know, those, I mean, get better at um, get better at programming drums, huh? Or at least uh, get better at trying to record live drums because you fucked up there. Let's get out of here. Oh, wait a minute. I had to fucking hold on. Hold on. Get out of here is is we're going to get out of here. But I turned the wrong fucking volume. You see, because I turned the volume down on the iPad and I didn't have it ready for the fucking thing. And now we can do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, thank you for hanging out with me for another hour or so. Um, it's nice, huh? It's not bad. Um, this week's earworm, I was, um, kind of combination of, uh, a couple of different sources on how this earworm happened, to, to be honest. Um, I, um, I talked about seeing my buddy's band, um, uh, last, um, last week and um they sort of remind me of this band so i had this band in mind as i'm watching my buddy's band and then i seen a clip of um of rancid playing and it happened to be a clip of rancid playing where uh 
Lars Fredrickson is doing a lot of the singing of the song. And uh, then that reminded me again further of this band. Uh, Lars has a band called the Old Firm Casuals. And um, oftentimes, for whatever reason, when my shuffle is on, uh, this one song of theirs gets played more than any other uh, any other of their songs. And it's uh, pretty hooky, um, <clears throat> you know, pretty big hook in this song. But it's also, um, I don't know, it's got a um, mid-career social distortion vibe, which uh, someone one of these days has to explain to me the importance of social distortion because I've never, not once, never got into that band I've even tried to kind of go back and listen to some shit, and it was just, I was just like, Ugh, why, why is, why is this band important? Could we have not had this band, and things wouldn't have changed? I often think about that. I often think about that. Is there a? It, 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 <laughs> there's certain bands that definitely have changed the the uh, have a huge influence on the trajectory and the direction that music goes. But I would assume there are some bands that, if they didn't exist, I think we'd be okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers comes to mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, Old Firm Casuals, a song called Wartime Rock and Roll, is the earworm of the week this week. So, uh, how you like that? Uh, be good! Keep it dirty, and I'll see you fucksticks next week.
fuck Stanton Avenue and fuck Ace Freely. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.